Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. In this podcast episode, we are going to discuss the differences between food allergies and food intolerances, which are often greatly confused. My guest is Dr. Gil Hart, who is a PhD biochemist and the scientific director at York Test Laboratories. From a very young age, Dr. Hart knew she wanted to be a scientist. She grew up in Bristol, England, and studied biochemistry at Warwick University in England. She then went on to obtain her PhD in endocrinology and pituitary function when she was 24. Dr. Hart's passion for science and helping people improve their health led her through her entire career. From managing a hospital hormone testing laboratory to developing unique at-home fertility tests for men and women. Since 2005, she has been with York Test, where her passion for food sensitivity testing came to fruition. She says seeing the difference that it makes to everyday lives is the pinnacle of her career. York Test Laboratories, Inc. pioneered the first IgG-based food sensitivity test in the 90s and can boast that as of today, they have tested over a half a million people. Welcome, Dr. Hart. So glad to have you here. Oh, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, I'll, this is this is a subject that actually I have had conversations with friends about. Like, how do you know the difference? So let's jump right into it. Can you tell us what are the main differences between food allergies and food intolerances? Yeah, it's a great question because, uh, you know, so many people find it really difficult to to sort of understand the differences between them. And they are very, very different things. Um, and I always think about it as, you know, food allergy is a really, ser- I mean, really serious one. Um, if you, you, you know, you're eating a food and you might have a tingling in the lips or swelling or something might not seem right straight away within minutes, uh, you might be really sick. Um, or if you've got a child, they might go, mummy, my, you know, daddy, my, my lips feel strange. It's about that, and um, allergies are, you know, potentially life-threatening. So medical intervention is needed right away, and you know, you need to protect yourself as well in future in case you come across these allergens again. And the, the sort of foods we're talking about are things like milk and eggs and shellfish, peanuts, of course, and other nuts, but also things like sesame. Sesame is on the huge uh, sesame allergies on the real rise in the US, and also soy. So it may not be something that you immediately sort of work out what's going on for you, but really serious and needs, you know, medical intervention. Now, food intolerances, or, you know, we call them sensitivities as well. It's interchangeable, mm-hmm. really. Um, they are, are just so impactful on people's lives in terms of every day. Um, when you think about the number of people that live with digestive problems, mm-hmm. with things like low energy, Anxiety, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment, uh, low energy, low mood, um, 
but also things like joint pains and skin problems, changes in your skin, um, you know, maybe respiratory problems, things like that, really chronic, ongoing migraines, headaches. These are all symptoms of food intolerances and sensitivities. And these are sort of ongoing chronic things that a lot of people live with thinking that they're normal for them. You know, I'm tired because I've got a busy life. I'm, you know, maybe getting older into middle age and I feel like my hormones are playing up. I'm all these things. Mm -hmm. And they are all interrelated from a biochemistry point of view. And so, you you know, you are there with, with a lot of symptoms, which often, and we find this, you know, after offering this test for, you know, over 25 years now, that a lot of people, you know, come to us for help. Do you think that when somebody is having an intolerance, let's say, and they're having these reactions, do you think they even know that this might be related to a food intolerance or they just think it's just something going on with their health? Like they don't even know. Like how many people actually pinpoint that to a food that they might be eating? I think very few. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot would just live with, as I say, live with it as being normal for them. I think this is where I, you know, I'm absolutely passionate about this subject and I want to sort of spread the word that you don't have to feel like this, you know, that there are ways of, of helping yourself with, with identifying which foods are the problem foods and about removing them from your diet. Because even if you think you're at baseline, you know, sort of here, which is, you know, tired, whatever, or even if you think you're, you're okay, I personally thought I was doing really well until I took our food intolerance test, food sensitivity test, took the foods out of my diet, which is mainly cow's milk, um, and felt so much better. And I thought, well, I was living okay. Right, (laughs) right. Better than okay. And, you know, and I, you know, my weight normalized. I felt more, you know, energy wise. I felt great, you know. And so, you know, that's the sort of, Things. But you know, equally, people come to York Test who've got really, really ongoing, many years digestive problems, migraines, headaches that are so impactful on their lives every day. You know, you mentioned something that I would like to just touch on. You said that there's now more sesame, like sesame allergies are on the rise. Why are allergies on the rise to foods? Like when I was a, a young kid, I didn't know anybody allergic to peanuts at all. Like it just, and then, you know, now there's like peanut free classes. I have friends with kids that are allergic to peanuts. It's, I mean, it's real, but why is, why are we developing these allergies? I think allergies and intolerances come sort of hand in hand in this matter, really. I think there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of theories around allergies in terms of the fact that, you know, when I was a child, we'd be out playing in the dirt and, you know, there'd be a lot more people outside, a lot more exposure to lots of different Mm. things. Right. Although food was a lot simpler, you know, our yes. food was very, very basic compared with what we have now. And so our guts were getting a nice, diverse mix of, you know, grubbiness, if you like. Yes. Um, and so, um, you know, and also our, because our parents didn't know about allergies, they just fed us. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Whereas now I think people can be, you know, there's, there's a theory about being, children being ultra clean, ultra clean and ultra protected. So they're not exposed to, uh, you know, things because parents like, I was the same with my children, I'm not going, you know, they're not going near peanuts just in case, just in case. 
Whereas I think as well now, um, I think the sort of foods that people eating are so much more processed and have so many additives. That's what I thought. That's what, I had a feeling that would be your answer, but I was just wanted you to say it. <laughs> and, and because of that, it all it all comes down to your gut health, and you right. know if you think about the way you you know that your gut health is so in such a fine balance. Yeah, if you like, well, you know, it, it's just that's what's going on. I think we talk about gut health a lot here, so I got it. And you know, it's it's important, and it's something that we didn't even really talk about 10, 15 years ago. It wasn't even on our radar. Now everybody's obsessed with gut health, which is good. But I I agree. I think that the processed foods that we are eating, I think we're really messing up our guts and our allergies. But I just, that's interesting that you, okay, I wasn't that far off. Okay, let's go to my next question, which is at what age range do food allergies and intolerances typically develop? Yeah, that's a really good question as well. I mean, food allergies and food intolerances, I'll I'll take them separately. Food allergies tend to develop in childhood or early early years um that doesn't mean to say they can't develop in later years as well but they tend to develop so the percentage of children that have food allergies is higher than the percentage of adults that have food allergies so some children can grow out of them but i think once if you've got them into adulthood they tend to be for life and depends again on the severity of them um but that doesn't mean to say you can't develop an allergy in later life um, and we can talk about, you know, hormone, hormone impacts and things like that. I think for food intolerances or food sensitivities, um, these can develop at any age. And at York Test, we've been offering testing now, as I say, for you know, 20, over 25 years. We've actually, um, we do test children from the age of two and above. Mm-hmm. We know that once the immune system's developed that well, you know, up to the age of two, two and above we do find that um you know we can actually test for reactions to foods and you know children have developed food intolerances just as much as as adults do and and they can change slightly over the years although my my cow's milk intolerance hasn't changed over 18 years but i know how to manage it now and i manage it brilliantly and and i feel great well there's already there's so many alternatives to milk calves milk now too so I, I don't even I don't even know many people that consume it. <laughs> adults, adults. No, no. I I have almond milk in the refrigerator, and the kids have the calves milk. But you know, there you go. So, um, can food allergies? I think you kind of already answered this, but can food allergies and intolerances change as you get older? Yes, they can, and I think this is really relevant for, for this our chat today. Because, um, you know, if you think about the hormonal changes, and, with, you know, particularly in women, as yes. you're through into midlife, you know, your estrogen levels are starting to fall down. Um, and, you know, so through, through life, you, you know, these, all of these things will be impacting you. And by your estrogen levels dropping down, this can create, again, impact on your gut. It can create a sluggish gut, mm-hmm. you know, slow transit of food to your gut, which means more foods are staying there longer, they're more fermenting, there's more opportunity for them to develop into a food intolerance or a food sensitivity. And I also think, you know, the effect of changing estrogen on things like your stomach acid, you know, you can mm-hmm. actually get reduced stomach acid. So again, your digestion's not as effective. 
And all of those things balancing out with things like your gut microbiome, your gut bacteria, which are incredibly sensitive to your hormone changes, to what you're eating. These can, you know, can impact you. So we do find that uh, at York Test that, that as you sort of come into midlife, particularly women, but, you know, men as well, as their hormones change too, um, you know, you can be more impacted by your food intolerances and they can exacerbate symptoms that typically we might think of as being menopausal, perimenopausal symptoms um, can be exacerbated by your food intolerances because they're sort of all going on at the same time and all sort of interrelated. Hmm. So, boy, midlife really packs a wallop, doesn't it? <laughs> well, the good news is there's lots you can do about it. And, you know, I think identifying the foods that you're reacting to is the starting point, really. Right. Because, you know, and protecting your gut. Because the, the most important thing is that you, if you've got an immune food sensitivity, you know, then we, we measure a, um, a marker called IgD, immune globulin G. Um, and we've we developed this test. We were the pioneers of this test in 1998 with scientists from the university in the UK and York University. Um, and we've got so much data. Uh, you know, we've, we've published so much data on, on the effectiveness of, of this, this testing. And we know that that immunoglobulin G is a, is a really good marker of, of um, food reactivity. So the, the starting point really is to do a test and find out what's going on for you. Uh, and we test for reactions to over 200 different food and drink ingredients from a simple finger prick blood test that can be done in, in your own home. And so once you've identified those foods, then you can start to feel a little bit more in control. And with mm-hmm. right. Well, you can kind of take those foods out of your diet, maybe not forever, it might be just a few months, you know, and see how that is, you know, going to reduce your immune load in your body. You're not going to be fighting those foods off anymore. You're going to be, you know, you're not going to be wearing your, if you think about fighting off a cold, you, you know, you feel rough because your, your immune system's fighting that cold off. It's the same with foods. If you're fighting your foods because you've got a food sensitivity, you're going to have low energy. You're going to be right. out. You're going to be impacting the gut. So once you've taken those foods out of your diet and start to really think about your diet, think about your gut health, um, and you know, think about the your gut microbiology, getting it optimized, thinking about stress levels in your in your life, exercise, and those things, all rounded. It, you know, you can actually make quite quite a huge difference to your life. Well, uh, I would think it's quite a relief, you know, yeah. to figure out what is causing. Like, I would be so relieved if I found out. You know, I can live without eating a type of, well, most types of foods, I think. Yeah. There's a yeah. few things I don't think. Like, if you told me I was, you know, had a sensitivity to wine, that could be a problem. But, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I could find something else. Right. That must be a relief, though, because living with discomfort like that uh is is not fun it's not, not fun. fun at all no. and there are really you know it's great that there are things that can be done you know to help yourself feel better um and and that's that's what that's where we're so proud of what we've we've achieved at york test so w- what are some we're going to talk about that by the way york test we'll talk a little bit more but what are the most common food allergies and intolerances for middle-aged women? 
So going back to your allergies again, as I say, once you've got an allergy into adulthood, so it wouldn't necessarily be for middle age, it could be all adults. Right. You're talking about, you know, the ones I've mentioned, your, you know, your eggs, milk, shellfish, um, nuts, peanuts, soy, etc. But for food sensitivities or food intolerances, you react, your reaction can be to any food that's got a reasonable size protein in it. So it might be your eggs or milk, but it, it could equally be things that you think of as being really nutritious. So you might be reacting to fruits or vegetables, pulses, uh, lentils, soy, you know, um, and this whole range. I mean, we test for over reactions to over 200 different food and drink ingredients. So for food intolerances, it's a much more broad, uh, you know, broad amount of, um, of foods that you could be reacting to. And it's really difficult to actually fathom out what's going on. We, we know that people coming to York Test that have positive reactions react to on average about five or six different foods. But if you mm. were to try and fathom that out yourself, and a lot of people do guess, it would be really difficult to find out your particular food print or, you know, whatever you want to call it, your fingerprint of foods that you're reacting to. So that's where testing comes in. Well, I would also think that, like, you might overreach, like, stop consuming foods that really aren't affecting you trying to figure it out, you know, and very much limiting what you're eating. And, you know. that's, and that's the worry that I, you know, that, that I have, I think, when people try and guess and go right. on fat diets and go, oh, I'm going to be gluten free. I'm going to be, you know, and sometimes it, sometimes you do hit on the right food, but I, I do worry that people limit their diets so much. Yeah, agreed. They, they can become, you know, nutritionally imbalanced. Right. And that's where we're really cautious about this actually and we've been really mindful of it we've always provided nutritional therapy support so it's not just about removing the foods from your diet oh i've got this list i'll take them out of my diet it's replacing those foods always with something that's equally nutritious and right sure that you've got the balanced diet that's going to help you move forward and often that feeling of control mm-hmm. of suddenly think oh gosh i actually know now this is just liberating I can actually you know make a difference to my life and and change my diet to for the better yeah and we're all different so what works you know that's the that's the thing I know so many people that are gluten-free and I mean why you know I mean it's I, I don't I mean yes eating less gluten is going to be healthier for you but to completely erase it from your diet unless you have celiac or, you know, another reason. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't understand that. I, I, I'm, I like this because I find this to be more liberating, quite frankly, to find out to me what I have a sensitivity to instead of guessing or being scared of, of a food that might or might not be something you're intolerant of would just be so liberating and freeing to me just to have that control you know, into understanding, I should say. And I think because we're eating so much more processed food. Right. You know, ingredients are complicated, aren't they? You yes. might eat pizza and you might think, oh, it's the wheat, you know, it's the gluten in the pizza. It might not be. It might be the yeast. Yep. It might be, you know, uh, the topping. It might yep. be, you know, something else, the cheese, the milk. It might be something else. And I think there is this assumption that, that gluten is the bad, bad, bad boy. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just um, 
and it isn't always and it and it might be that it it helps you a little bit but you could feel so much better if you actually captured the actual whole picture right right so what are the most common symptoms of food allergies and food intolerances in middle-aged women so your food allergies go back to that immediate response that I right at the beginning so you know your um you know, your tingling lips, your swelling, you know, rashes, vomiting, that sort of thing, the immediate reactions that happen in minutes. But I think when we come to uh, food intolerances or food sensitivities, we're talking much more about the sort of symptoms that we can all relate to, things like anxiety, joint pains, um, low energy, low mood, um, and also you know, things that, you know, we found at Yorkshire people come to us um, with some autoimmune conditions, for example, things like rheumatoid arthritis, um, things like Crohn's disease. Crohn's, right, right. MS, uh, ulcerative colitis, those sort of immune conditions. Um, and they've been helped by changing the diet there because they're reducing the immune load. Your body's attacking itself with an autoimmune disease, but your body's also attacking your foods as well. You know, just give it a bit of space and, um, you know, remove those foods from your diet. But I think digestive sy- symptoms are, you know, still key here. Things like your irritable bowel, your bloating um, and, uh, you know, diarrhea, constipation, gas, that sort of thing, which, uh, again, people don't always associate with food intolerances. And coming into middle age, as I said, when you've got your, your estrogen levels dropping, you've got a more sluggish gut, your digestion is slowing anyway to actually have that, um, you know, that ability to sort of identify what's going on and protect your gut, protect your gut, gut diversity of that gut microbiome as well is really, really key. But so, but how, how can I say, let's say I am feeling tired. I, I think the last thing I'm going to think about is that it could be the foods I'm eating. Yeah. So like, if you are feeling that way, should you just assume that there could be it could be a food intolerance? I mean, I, I don't know if I I don't know if I would pick up on that. I mean, you know, I know for instance when I eat personally when I eat bell peppers, I know those affect me. I definitely have an intolerance to them. They affect me very, rather quickly, so I stay away from those. But I'm sure there's other foods I'm eating, and I have no clue, no clue, you know. Yeah, I think the first thing the first thing to say is if you have got symptoms you're concerned about, you should always go and see a medical practitioner and get right. To, you know, if you've got bloating, any of the symptoms I've talked about at all, you should always get picked out by a medical practitioner. And we, we always advise that you autist anyway, regardless. And it's you know, the people that come to us tend to be people that have suffered with their symptoms for some time, you know, or are concerned about their health, but have been checked out and they know it's nothing serious. Okay. I say serious. I still, I still think food intolerance is serious. It's seriously, but not life threatening, right? Understand? Okay, right. But you should have been checked out, and then, then actually to come and do the test. Then, and yes, I think you might not automatically think that feeling, you know, low in energy is 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 a food intolerance. People think about food, gut. It's always the gut, but inflammation can come, you know, it manifests itself in all sorts of parts of your body. Um, and in lots of different ways. And as you say, we're all individual and we all, we all suffer from, you know, people from food intolerances in lots of different ways and all, often suffer for a long time as well. Well, I mean, I think that feeling tired 
in midlife is pretty common. So I don't know if I would separate that it could yeah. be a food intolerance as opposed to just being tired because <laughs> I'm not sleeping or, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like being exhausted is, is sort of par for the course for a lot of us in midlife, especially those of us that aren't sleeping very well anymore. Um, so the symptoms, as you said, they could just be anything from a severe reaction to gas. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what is the best way to manage food allergies and intolerances in our daily lives? In your daily lives, as I say, food allergies are really important to, um, to uh, you know, be supported by a medical practitioner that can help you manage your, you know, to carry your adrenaline pen to make sure that you're protected. I mean, you can do tests for food allergies. We do a test for food allergies uh, and environmental allergies at York Test. Um, but again, it's it's having that medical support as well that's really important if you have got an allergy. And for food intolerances, the first step, you know, that I'd advise if you think you've got a food intolerance is to try and find out which foods we're talking about. And that's why, you know, we've developed this uh, unique test, a York test. Um, and it's um, a really simple blood test. So we actually post a blood collection kit uh, to you in the comfort of your own home. And you prick your finger with a tiny little uh, lancet. It's just a couple mm-hmm. of pops onto a little stick, a tiny little wand. And we pop that back into the post and it comes back to our accredited laboratory. And we'll, when we analyse it, we analyse it for, for juniors. We, we would look at up to, to 100, about 100 foods, drinking ingredients. But for a premium for adults, we do up to 200. And then um, we analyse that and actually um, score each food on a scale of 0 to 100. So you can mm. actually see whereabouts you can prioritise the foods that you're reacting to um, versus the ones that you're not reacting to. And then if you want support from a nutritional therapist, that we can offer that as well. And you can actually um, then look at trying to remove the foods from your diet in order of priority based on their scoring and you can see exactly what's going on for you then it's really easy um, to understand we also provide guidebooks and support and a a food diary as well which i always think is useful because you can write down the foods that you're eating each day and Mm. how you're feeling and um, you know that on its own can be beneficial i think with the testing as well once you've seen the test results you can actually start to sort of map out what's going on for you then and that's really helpful too well yeah okay so my my next question was going to be tell us a bit about the york test laboratories <laughs> testing and you kind of you kind of did so so you can you how does this work you go online you order the kit and you got the kit you do what you said you prick your finger you give a little blood you send it back how long does it take typically yeah, for somebody so yes, we you can order it online, and the the website is um, yorktest uh, www.yorktest.com forward slash us. Right. So y o r k t e s t dot com forward slash us, and then you set up your own um, wellness portal. So that's a secure portal with your own password. So when you get your kit through and you send back your sample to the laboratory, your actual kit. Um, you know, your results will typically take up to about a week once we've got the sample in the, in the laboratory. 
and then we would um, let you know when the results are available and you can log in then into your secure. Uh, oh, interesting. And actually then see your results. Do you recommend that, like how often, because I mean, you could do this once, but because we're constantly changing, like how often do you recommend somebody? It depends on the symptoms. A lot of people that come to us do it once and um, feel so much better. You know that right, they may right. choose to do it again. I my personal experience was I reacted really strongly to cow's milk, which I took out of my diet, but I replaced it initially with soy milk, and I felt better. But I didn't after a year, and because I've got the luxury of working for a food intolerance company, um, I did the test again, and I found I I was reacting to soy, um, and right. so not as badly as the cow's milk, and the cow's milk would come down quite a lot. But I actually worked out then that I could tolerate coconut milk and oat milk, and that's what I use now. And and I feel absolutely great on those. I don't have any reaction. So there is a bit of iteration going on there. But usually, um, you know, I think I think a lot of people do it every year because they're just intrigued and they really right. Nice. That's um, what I would. That would be me. I'd be like, once I'm in, let's do this I've once done a year. Right for eighteen years, but. Um, you know, other people will do it and they will feel so much better. And we've got stats that show like 82% of people that, and we've got, I mean, we've tested over half a million people and we've, we've got a lot of stats with sort of thousands of data points showing that like 82% of people say they have benefit when they remove the foods that are identified from. from that's that's you know, quite staggering. That's, that's yeah. very high. Yeah. And I think that because we have got this such a, a long, you know, many years of experience, you know, we have got that information available. Um, and we're really proud of the fact we continue to collect. It's, it's not randomized control trial data, but it's anecdotal real life data of, you know, real people that are taking the test and reporting back to us. Um, and we continue to capture that data and we review it. And actually, we have a quality review meetings twice a year you know and in our laboratory and we review that data and we we check out with people you know what's going on for them and find out more so you know it's a real sort of engaged approach wow wow that's okay so you can you it's this is based in the uk but we can get the test here in the us correct so what how much does it cost what kind of tests like are there various tests and yeah, if you go onto the website, you'll right. see the, the current pricing. Um, so, yeah, there's the, the junior test, which is the called junior food sensitivity test. Okay. We use the word, word food sensitivity, so people might not be looking for that. So I think if you look up food sensitivity in York test, you'll see that there's a, a junior test and then there's a premium adult test, and you can find out all the details on the website there. Cool. Okay. So once you figure this out, we should be feeling great, right? So, yeah, I think I think if food intolerance is what's going on for you, um, and I think regardless, anyway, it's really important to identify what's going on for you anyway in in your body. And if you've got an IgG response to a food, a long acting chronic immune response to a food, um, you, you really. It, it's good to know about it. It's good to know where you can start. And I, I, you know, I certainly think that that's, you know, that's where to go. Start by knowing what's going on for you and then start looking about your whole gut health and around that as well. 
Uh, but just keeping sure that you're supported with nutrition support, which York Test can provide as well for you. So you can have that conversation with a nutritional therapist to make sure that you're changing your diet in a really effective way. And yes, you can feel great. You know, I'm going to be ordering this like right as soon as we're done. <laughs> now I'm curious. Oh. I am. I am very curious. And I, you know, listen, if, if they're 82% of the people feel, you know, vast improvements, that's incredible. I mean, why walk around not feeling well if there's something easy, which is just removing a food from your diet and replacing it with something that you don't react to. That would be awesome. And something so in our control, so in our control. Very yeah. Much. yeah, that's incredible. Well, thanks. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Or Well, I just, I just wanted to thank you for giving me the opportunity today to talk about something that we're really passionate about at York Test. You know, we've got a great team, fantastic scientists. We've, you know, got a great legacy of, you know, over 25 years of, of real expert experience um, in this field. And I just want to share that with people. And I think to, for people to be able to understand the differences between food allergies, food intolerances, sensitivities, and feel more empowered and more knowledgeable is a wonderful thing. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. I love that. Well, thanks for being here, Dr. Hart. I really appreciate this because it's been illuminating and I can't wait to get my hands on a test just to find out what else I might be, you know, because I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. All right. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody, if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountain30.com for sponsorship opportunities. And remember, knowledge is power and it can be empowering. So thank you so much. Until next time, everyone, take care. Bye.